888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, episode 372, I'm on the line with not the one, the only, Serena Apia, the owner, publisher, and carpenter in training behind Thrift Diving, a blog and YouTube channel that inspires people to decorate, improve, and maintain their home with paint, power tools, and thrift stores. As a mom of three boys, ages 39 and 7, Serena has outfitted her home with many thrift store f- treasures, not not only because it's economical and fun, but because raising three boys means things get a little dirty or broken. <laughs> she left her job a while back and since then has grown by leaps and bounds. It's been exciting to watch from the sidelines and see all the stuff that she's accomplished. I just know that I had to get her on here because we can all learn about how, about blogging and building your business from what she's done. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Serena, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on, Leslie? I am wonderful, as you say. Terrific. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love fantastic. Now, I imagined when I was playing that music, you were over on your side of the world jamming. Were you jamming? <laughs> I was. I was because I'm very familiar with the music. So I'm, I'm, you know, I was trying to be quiet. I didn't want to make any noise and kind of mess up your intro, but I was definitely getting my jam on. Oh, man. Uh, so, so much has happened in the last few years. At, at least, you know, looking from a distance, it seems like so much is going on. So much has happened. I'm going to ask you this one question first to begin with. What is going yeah. on right now that you are excited about? Ooh, you know, that's a great question. And I will start by saying every morning, well, if I get up on time, I ask myself three questions. What am I grateful for? What am I, what am I excited about? And what am I going to accomplish today? So this is a question that I am asking myself all the time. And I think the thing that I'm really excited about is I am in the middle of doing a closet makeover. I literally ripped everything out of my closet <laughs> down to like not the studs, but I ripped the well, the wallpaper off. I took everything off and I'm going to be rebuilding, cross your fingers for me, an entire walk-in closet. Now it's not a huge closet. I would say it's probably maybe six by seven feet, but I've never built a closet before. So that's the project that's like near and dear to my heart that I'm just hoping that I get time to work on. But that's what I'm excited about is is tackling this project. So I'm not surprised in the least at all. I, I just <laughs> imagine you wearing wearing like some uh, 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 some outfit with your goggles on and with this oh, big, yes. big jackhammer or something just <laughs> pounding into this. Clo- I don't know. That's why that's how I picture you right now working on that closet. It may look a little different, but I'm sure there's going to be a YouTube video that's going to show it. Oh. Of course, of course. I, I, at this point, I can't do anything unless I record it. Everything gets recorded because you never know when you're going to need footage. Hey, if you didn't record it, did it happen? I mean, probably not, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. so you left your job back in, was it 2015? 2015, yep. Okay, so 2015, 
let's go back to that moment. Uh, sure. Because, you know, maybe uh, someone has listened to the previous episodes. I mean, you've been on, I don't know if anyone has been on this podcast more than you, but anyhow. Oh my goodness. So I get a special award from I, you, right? I have to do like some research. Like a little plaque with thrift diving on I, it or no, something? I can't, I can't do that just like that. You know, I got to do my <laughs> research. I got to check. I got to count. And, you know, we have an extensive process that we go through for this. I really think this. this is number three, Leslie. I think this is number three. No, 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 no. It's been more than three. Um, <laughs> oh, four. Maybe four. I'm That's going right. You know what? I'm doing a once. control F and Serena. Okay, so let's see. One, two, three, four. What? Yeah, four. So this oh, is so going to be number five. This is going to be number five. Oh, my goodness. It, I mean, well, you know what? I'm so happy to be speaking to your audience because every time we talk, we have a really good conversation. And I'm hoping that I, I don't go over your time because once I get started on talking about like leaving your job and building a, a <laughs> blog and a YouTube channel, I it's hard to shut me up. I, I know I, we, we could go on for ages. We'll try to we, guys. We're going to try. We're going to try to keep it. To a decent amount of time. Yes. And then three hours later. Uh, <laughs> anyhow. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, 2015, leaving your job, where was your business? Like at what point of business were you? Were you like making a full-time income? Were no. you just kind of making ends meet? What, how, how were things at that time? Not at all. You know, I want to say that. Okay. So, so let's just put it all out there for people who, who don't know. I was fired from my job in 2015. It was January 8th to be exact. And I wasn't stealing company supplies or anything like that. I really wasn't a bad employee. There was a supervisor. We just butted heads and we just didn't work out. And, um, there, during this time it was, so let's say late 2014, I started, and I, I'm pretty sure I knew you at that time, right? Like I, oh yeah, I knew definitely you at that time. Yeah, because I remember you had gone. When was it that you had gone full time? Uh, with... This was in 2014. Okay, okay. So I, 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 and you know, I think it was probably you going full time that really started sparking me to th start thinking about going full time. So it was mid 2014 that I got this idea. You know what? I think I can do this. Let me make this a plan for August of 2015. And the reason why I picked August is because when you are a working parent with children in daycare, it is expensive for two kids in daycare. We have three kids, as you had said in the intro, we had two of them in daycare at one time, and that was probably about $350 a week. So that was a lot of money. And so I figured, okay, well, August, 2015, my middle son will be old enough to go to school. That'll be less financial burden if my income drops and I should be able to go full time. Like I'll start saving up. It was like December when I started thinking this, right? November, December, 2014. So things didn't really go well. And I ended up losing my job January 8th. So at this point I had a thousand dollars in my become a blogger, you know, uh, savings account, right? Cause I thought I'm going to save until August. I got this. So things didn't really go as planned, but I was really excited to be pushed out because I went home and it was a stressful situation. I, I went home and I threw my arms up and I said, yes, I jumped up in my kitchen. I said, I am so glad to be out of there. And I said to my husband and I knew that it was coming. So I had already called the unemployment office. Like I already had a plan in place. Okay. I can collect unemployment. I can, you know, work on my blog full, you know, full time. My husband was like, no, 
you need to go and get a job. And I said, well, let me just do this for three months. Just give me three months. You know, let me see what I can prove to myself and to you and all that. He still complained, but I did it. And what I did was I started reaching out to companies that I'd already worked with before. So, you know, when you're working outside of the home and you are trying to build this blog, you're doing a lot of things, weekends, nights, you're still working, you know, you might be working with brands, you might have clients, there's some work that you were doing. And I, to answer your original question, I think I maybe brought in, it was maybe like $10,000 in 2014. For me, that was great because I'm like, oh, this is extra money. So it was a video here, a sponsored post there. And they were just mere, you know, 200, maybe $250 videos and, and blog posts. So it was not a full-time income and I didn't set like income goals for myself for 2015. It was just a matter of, I need to be able to make enough money to pay my bills. So the first thing that I did after losing my job was reaching out to some of these past brands that I'd worked with and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm available. You know, we've worked together before let's work together some more. And so because I'd had a good working relationship with these brands, these companies, they were like, Oh sure, let's do some more videos. And so that was one way that my income had started. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say going up was being replaced. Now keep in mind, I was on unemployment at the time. So everything that you earn while you are unemployed, you have to report that every week. Well, within that three months, one of the bigger, the bigger brands that I'd worked with had come to me and said, Hey, we've got this job for you. We're teaming up with, um, another brand and it pays (laughs) $8,000. And I remember I'd never been paid that much before I, and she had a Southern accent. So (laughs) what I ended up doing was calling her back. And I said, did you say 8,000 or was it 8,000? Because I didn't understand what she had said. I'd never been paid that much money. And so this was probably around, let's see, that was uh, January, February. That was within like three or four months. That's when that gig came in. And so it got to be that when I was reporting income to the uh, unemployment office, I was reporting like bigger numbers. I'm like, wait a minute, I can't, I, I don't think I need this anymore. That realization, you know, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it because that realization that I am paying my bills with money that I earned myself, I don't need unemployment anymore. And of course, you know, with unemployment, you still have to send out resumes and all that. So I was still job searching just because I had to, but I was also hustling behind the scenes contacting brands, working with brands, and the money just started to come in. The opportunity started coming in. So I'll take a break. I know I've been talking a lot. No, no, I love this. So I, because I remember when you got that $8,000 offer because you, <laughs> you you messaged me about it like, oh my goodness, this, this company wants to pay me $8,000. And that was a huge deal back then. Oh my gosh. It was insane. I'd never been paid, you know, and I'll say what I made outside of, cause I'm very open with numbers. So anything you want to ask me about numbers and income, please feel free to do so because I'm, I'm not shy with that information. And the reason why is because I think a lot of times people are so afraid to talk about money because if you talk about money, people are going to know what you make. And, and that's just hush hush in this society. We don't, I think in this business, it's important to talk about money because if there are people listening to this who are in similar situations where they've they've just started a blog, and just to go back to let you know, I, I did originally start my blog in 2010, and it wasn't until 2012 
that I realized people were making money. We had bought an old house, 1973 home, and needed a lot of things updating. And I had been blogging on a family blog since 2006. So it was a journal for me. It was just a way to document being a first time mom. Well, then we bought this old house and I saw that people were blogging about their house. And I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to start making a journal about my house. Well, then there was bloggers talking about making money with their blog. And I thought, are you kidding me? This entire time I've been blogging since 2006, I had a password. <laughs> Leslie, you probably, you probably wouldn't believe this, but I had a password on my blog years ago because I didn't want anyone to discover it. <laughs> Can oh, you wow. imagine at this point in life doing that? Oh man, it's, things have changed so much. So, okay. So things have changed. You, 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 you left in January of 2015, yes. um, three or four months in, you, you got this big check. Do you remember how, how much you made in 2015? Um, 2015, I want to say it might've been around 30,000. Okay. So you went, you went from 10,000 a year before to 30,000 this year. That's a huge leap. It is. And now keep in mind though, like what I was making outside of the home, I think my annual salary was about 67,000. So by the time you take away all of the retirement contributions, taxes, I came home with probably about let's say $1,600 every two weeks. Got it. Right. So it, you know, 30, what is that? $3,200 per month. So that is what I was bringing home now. So, so it was less money that I was coming home with, you know, half of what I made outside of the home, but by taking my kids out of daycare, Oh, that's another thing. I had to take my kids out of daycare. So remember my middle son was not going to school till August. And that was a big change that we had to make, had to make was pulling our kids out of daycare. And that was hard to do because you know, this was a woman that we had, uh, who really was raising our kids. I mean, we would take our kids there every day and it was a huge change. My husband is not someone that likes change. Remember, he wasn't happy with the fact that I'd lost my job and here I am, you know, I I don't have another nine to five job. And all you're doing is making these videos, ripping apart the house (laughs) and all this stuff. And you're trying to say, I'm not going back for a job to do this. Yes, exactly. And so it was a big change for him. It was very uncomfortable for him to have me pull the kids out because again, that was a, just a huge change. And, you know, it it was not easy with getting him on board, but he did step up. You know, we had insurance through me. So with me not having the really good insurance, we had to switch to his insurance, which meant more coming out of his paycheck. So, you know, there was definitely, uh, some angst there. You know, I didn't just lose my job and say, great, I'm going to become a full-time blogger. Yay. I felt that way inside, but there was that anxiety of, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? I don't, I don't know what we're going to do if this doesn't work. It means I'm going to have to go get another nine to five. And did you think about actually, was there any point where you thought, Hey, I'm, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to go back to this. Uh, I'm going to try to get a nine to five or has it just been since then? You know, this is going to work. I'm going to make it work no matter what happens. How, how was that for you? That's an excellent, that's an excellent question. And honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember having, I just remember feeling uncertain, but I don't remember having that feeling of, you know, I know, I think I'm just going to go back to work. I don't think so. I don't think so because there was a freedom that I felt with being able to wake up every day and be in my house and working on things that I loved. And there was nobody telling me what to do. I, I, I love that. So I don't remember there being a time where I felt like, you know what? No, I, I really, really would just want to go get a nine to five. Okay. I want to get a, I want to get a good idea of 
how much you were working at the time. Okay, so you left your job. Um, how much time were you spending building this business? And I'm asking this because I used to see, you know, a bunch of videos. I used to see all the stuff you're doing on your blog. You used to come on our coaching calls for the coaching club mm -hmm. asking questions. You'd be asking me questions in private messages and so on. Mm -hmm. It seemed to me, well, actually, how much were you working? Let me Before I say how, how it seemed to me, how much were you working at that time? Yeah. So there's this thing that people think that when you are a full-time blogger, you know, you're just putting in like a nine to five, right? Like you've got your evenings and weekends free. No, it, when I started going full-time, it became a full-time plus a full-time. So I was putting in more hours. I thought, oh, because I have the day free, I'll be able to just work. And then my evenings will be, no, it wasn't like that. And even now, you know, years later, it's still not like that. I mean, we as bloggers, especially in the field that I'm in, I'm in the DIY niche, the do-it-yourself home improvement niche. And so, you know, we're doing projects. We're not just sitting down to write a post and, you know, putting in the research hours and then writing a post and then we're done. We're sharing on social media. We're done. No, doing projects is much more labor intensive. And so there are times when, you know, during the day you're working on projects and then you might have to stop and do a run to Home Depot for materials. And then in the evening when the kids are usually my kids are older now, so they're playing on electronics and they're busy, but they're, they still need you at nighttime. Right. So you're spending time with them in the evenings and then you're back. You're back at it. You're at your computer. You're in the garage working on projects. So I would say. I mean, I couldn't count the hours for you at that time, but I would say it was still a daytime job. It was a night and weekend job. There was no, like, I get my weekends off. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I think that's a very important point to make, right? Because I can write a blog post in an hour and have that be a pretty good blog post. But when you, I mean, if I'm going to have to link to like some of your projects just so people can get an idea. Mm -hmm. When you when you have a blog post, you know, there's a video, but it's not just a video where you're standing in front of the camera and talking. <laughs> right. You're, you're building something. So that could take 10, 20, 30 hours to build that, right. to take the pictures, to make the video, to edit the video, to put up the blog post, to do all of this stuff. Do you have yes. help at this time or is it just you? Well, it's just me doing the projects. I have had a virtual assistant for the last, I would say probably two, two and a half years. So this woman named Madeline, she's in the Philippines. Yeah. But she only, for the most part, she only does my Pinterest. Now you would think that I would love Pinterest as being a DIYer. I hate Pinterest. <laughs> I hate to say that because they do send so much traffic, but I hate it because it's like getting lost down a rabbit hole. When you go to Pinterest and you start looking things up, you just get lost down a rabbit hole. And I don't like that. So I have her do my, my Pinterest. I also use Tailwind. Tailwind is a, a Pinterest scheduling app. I believe you can use it for Instagram now too. Yeah, you can. But I, but I use that for uh, scheduling. She also will manually go in and, and do things for Pinterest, but I've also had her doing some newsletter stuff too. I'm horrible about sending my newsletters, my emails in a timely basis. I used to get, I used to be better, but it, you know, it's kind of fallen off over the, over time just because I get so busy, but I do have her put, you know, create drafts. So for the most part, it's just me. So you're right. Like I'm, I'm either, you know, building something. A lot of times I'm making over something and, all of that takes time. But can I tell you, since you're talking about hours, there is an app. It's a free app that I just downloaded Ooh, about a month ago. It. It's called Boosted. And I think you and I had a conversation about Yeah, you told me about, about that. Yes. So what I like about Boosted is 
any project that you have, you can put that project in there, but you can also put your task. So let me give you an example. I do a lot of work for Home Depot. They're one of my sponsors and I work with them in uh, at least two or three different ways. Sometimes I want to know how much time I'm actually spending on Home Depot projects. But within that project, I might be buying supplies. I might be planning. So maybe I'm planning what I'm going to do. That takes time to think. I might be working on a project. And then once I'm done, I've, like, as you've mentioned, I've got all this picture, all these pictures, all this video footage. That has to be processed. You, when, when you dump this into your computer or external hard drive, there is a certain amount of time you have to take to go through all that stuff and figure out, okay, which pictures do I want to use? Do I need to brighten this up? So that takes time. And then actually putting it into a video, that takes time. And then sharing on social media, all that stuff takes time. So with Boosted, you're able to put all of those different buckets of tasks, I like to call them, into that project. So I could look at a project and say, okay, it took me about two hours to get materials. Uh, you know, the project time actually took maybe 10 hours. And then, you know, so you can break it down by task to see where you're spending the most of your, your time. And I think that's really important. I just, in fact, I just had a mastermind call with a group, my group, and we were talking about time management and they're like, yeah, but what's the value? I see the value in doing that, but what do you do with it afterwards? And I'm like, well, from there you can decide, am I being paid enough time based on, I mean, am I being paid enough based on the time that I invested? Number one, number two, at some point you have to learn how to schedule yourself. It's hard when you're in the DIY sphere mm. to schedule yourself. Like, you know, it takes you an hour to write a post, right? So you probably have a good idea of how much time it takes to promote it and to send it out to your email list and all that. But, you know, if we run out of spray paint or wood, we've got to go back and then, you know, things just come up. So, but if you are tracking that, you can say, okay, well, on average, it takes me 10 hours to do a project and five hours to process pictures and video. So if I'm going to accept a job from, a brand and we can talk a little bit more about brands Then I know, cause that is a big part of where I earn my income. Then I know that if this project is coming to me, I need to reserve this much time with some buffers in there. I'm still not there yet because if something gets held up for whatever reason, it ends up pushing everything yeah. back. And that's what happened to me this week with a project. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, <laughs> trying to meet this deadline, which was already overdue. But that, I think that's, also kind of the nature of the DIY business, but it's important for people to know, like people who are just getting started building their, their business, how much time does it really take you? Just track it and see how much time it takes you to write. And what I do, I also use Google timer. So I will try to batch my, not really batch, but I'll try to do like 25 minute sessions. And once that timer goes off, I'll decide, okay, do I need to take a little break or can I just keep working on this task? But it's just a little reminder, okay, don't check that Facebook or don't check that email because we're still, you know. So I think that's one thing that's really important when you, when, after you leave your job and you start working full time, you have to be disciplined. And it's very, it's very difficult to be disciplined when nobody's standing over you saying, <laughs> this is what you got to do. But you have to know where your time is being spent. So you know whether or not you're 
being paid appropriately and how much time something's really going to take you. And not just that. You also want to know, hey, am I spending way more time on uh, on something that I shouldn't be or something that I could easily get someone to do for a few bucks? And then I have much more time now that I could spend on the things that really matter, creating content, creating that lead magnet, making that video and so on. Uh, Knowing where your time is going can really help you to optimize how you're spending your time. So I think that's a, a, a great point. Now, I'm, I'm curious, how long did it take you then to reach to a point where you um, you were matching what you were doing at your job? <laughs> well, let's see. So the first year, I, I don't know if I kept track of the subsequent years, but I know that first year, 2015, I'm pretty sure I made about uh, 30, 35,000. I don't know if I really tracked. No, I, I would have had to track it. I would have had to have tracked it for tax purposes. I don't know, but I can tell you what I make now. Sure. I'm okay with telling you if people want to know. People want to know. Just tell. Just tell them. Okay. All right. So for for and we're not done with 2019 yet, but I like to kind of extrapolate to the end of the year. Um, so this year I've brought in two hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. That's, that's, um, that, that's, that's, I would that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that's not bad. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Pocket change. Uh, So that's up to this point right now. Yes. And so let me, so, so really, uh, there's a few ways that I monetize and, and what I can tell you what I've, what I've been doing. So, but again, remember, you know, my blog was already established when I lost my job. So yeah. I wasn't starting from scratch. If somebody just loses their job and then they start from scratch, it's going to take you some time to build up to that, I think. Absolutely. I mean, but you had you had traffic, you had engagement, you weren't I making did. as much as you would like to make, but you actually had a vibrant blog and a and an awesome community that was that they were looking forward to your content. Yes, yes. And I and I think that is one important thing to do is to build your community because then when you are ready to go full time, there are people that are there supporting you. These are the people who have been along on the journey from the very beginning, really um, finding me very early and just sticking with me. Um, one of the things that I did, and this was probably, and we've talked about this before. So I want to say this is probably maybe early 2017. I started a blog audit or maybe it was early 2018. So I know we're fast forwarding through, through the years and I'll go back a little bit. But one of the things that I did was I did a blog audit. So if you remember, Pat Flynn had, de- had done a podcast with, with Todd Dresseter about deleting one third of his content. And he noticed that his Google search traffic went up like tremendously. So this was early 2018 when my traffic was probably around, gosh, I don't know, maybe it was around... 170, like 170,000 page views, maybe a little less than that. And I definitely noticed an increase in my, my Google search traffic. Now I would say Google, Google almost passed. I think it's probably even to Pinterest, which for DIY bloggers is a little unusual because we're very visual based. So Pinterest for the most part is a huge driver to most DIYers, but I was able to go through my blog and just cut out a lot of the the crud that I was writing early on when it was just a journal, when it was just a place to just get on there and blab about what I found at the thrift store. People liked it, but it didn't do well in search. So I really started putting my time into search engine optimization and writing my posts with more of a goal of what, 
what do I want people to search for to land on this page? So I would tell someone who's really trying to grow their blog to a full-time full-time blog, really fo focus on search engine optimization. It's very, very important. You know, if you are, you know, let's say you're doing a project on, you know, a sofa, right? Well, are people searching for how to reupholster a sofa or are they more likely to research um, how to reupholster a couch? You know, which one does better in search? So maybe you're going to title your project with that. You're going to title your pictures with that. And you'll want to use sofa, but maybe that's not the keyword you're going for. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're going for couch or reupholstering a couch or reupholstering an old couch. So making sure that you're putting all of these words in there so that you're getting this traffic from, from Google. And that really increased my bottom line in terms of ad income. So how I'm making my money is through ad revenue. When people go to my, my blog and they see the advertisements for every 1000 impressions, they, I'm, I'm usually making probably about maybe 29 or $30. So if more people are coming to your blog, there's more opportunities for those ads to load and you to make more money. So on a really good month, I may bring in, let's say $8,600 a month, just from ad revenue on my blog. Uh, this past month, I think it's gone down a little bit, which I think is normal around this time of year because people are searching for crafts and, and things like, that. I don't do a lot of crafty stuff. So people are looking for more of that than, you know, furniture makeovers and room makeovers and home improvement. Um, but last month it was maybe around 6,500, but that's still good. I can pay my mortgage. I can pay other things with just ad revenue alone. So, you know, really look at your blog as not just a place to get on and just, uh, do a journal entry because that's what you've been doing when you were working outside the home. Now, this is a, once you become a full-time blogger, this is your business. So everything that you put on your blog, that's like prime real estate. So you have to be careful that you don't just make it, you know, a fun place where people are just hanging out. We're actually trying to create value and solve problems and have it be something that people can search for. Okay. So you're, you're doing ad revenue is one major source. Besides yes. that, it's your sponsored content. Yes. Sponsored content is huge. And I know that some people don't like to monetize in that kind of way. I do because I find with my audience, my audience is very thrifty and it's not that they can't pay money. I just, I don't know. I've never been able getting over. I've never been able to get over the feeling of not wanting to like, like sell to them. So I sell to brands and brands have tons and tons of money to give me. So when they want to promote a product or a service that is in line with my blog, then that's who I reach out to. Now I don't really have to reach out to them. They, they come to me, but at any point I can reach out to a, a blog or a brand and say, Hey, let's work together. And you know, sometimes it some, depends on the size of the brand. Sometimes they only want to give you free product. Mm -hmm. That's okay. If it's a brand that you really, really want to work with, but and sometimes when you're just starting out, you may have to say yes to lower paying free product because some of the best uh, gigs that I had over the years were brands that would send me just like a quart of paint. And, you know, I would post about it and, you know, later they'd say, wow, that, that did really, really well. Let's work together. Here's some money. So when you're just like, if you just, if you lose your job or if you decide that you want to become a, a full-time blogger, just know that sometimes you may have to work for free 
and that's okay. You're, you're focusing uh, on the relationship, essentially. You're building the relationship, yeah. knowing that if you're doing a good job, they may come. You may be able to go back to them for for more. And, uh, ju- and just just really quick, I want to put in here that we did a an interview before episode two sixty on how to make money with sponsored content. So you could go to mm. becomeablogger.com slash two sixty. Serena shared all of her tips where that's concerned. Um, and then she also, so we did one on how to make money from your popular content. So that's 262. Ooh. Man, I had you two episodes we apart. You did some good stuff. Yeah. So if you, I, I'll link to all of that in the show notes for you guys to check out because it, it, it's it's some really uh, good stuff. And we even did one when you were leaving, when you left your job. So, um, oh, goodness. I think I need to listen back to those. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay. Now, is sponsored content the majority of your revenue then? I would say that it is. Yes. Ad revenue, sponsored content. And then I've got my advertisement on YouTube and sometimes the, the, the YouTube. So this is the videos that you watch before you watch content that's through AdSense. And if you have enough views, then you can earn money through there on a good month. This only happened one time. I think I may have earned like $9,300. Oh, wow. That was, I know that never happened. Now I seem to be averaging, you know, in the, three to 4,000 a month range, which I'm not complaining about. That's great. Um, so when you, when you add all of this up and I don't really make a lot of money with affiliates, I do have an Amazon affiliate, uh, program, but I don't make a lot of money there. I've really never pursued it. That is an area where I I can stand to grow a little bit. Do you see yourself, do you see yourself making your own products at some point, whether digital or physical, whatever? I do. In fact, you know, it's it's very strange because my husband, who was the one who was not supporting me when I started <laughs> this, he has been saying to me the last couple of days, he's like, we need a product. I was like, oh, we. I love we, it. We, we need we? a product. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, for $232,000, that's a big we. I could see that. <laughs> I know, right? We need a product. And so he's given me some ideas of like things we can do. I do see a, I do see a product. Uh, right now, I am the product. I'm yeah. really selling myself. I'm selling my services. I'm selling myself, my smile, my my creativity and all that. Um, but it would be great to have a product. At some point, I did sell T-shirts. I did a little T-shirt thing. And they are still available. Um, they're really cool. But again, it's not something that I really promoted much. And I think that is kind of exciting. That's kind of an exciting area, too, because it might even be possible to work with a brand, maybe even come out with some sort of like clothing line or maybe making some sort of like aprons, who knows. But I do see, I have some ideas in mind. It's just a matter of having the time to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and, well, actually, first of all, so we were talking about YouTube ads. Um, Your YouTube channel has grown a lot because I think when you left your job, um, you were trying to get, I don't know if you were trying to get to 100,000 subscribers Mm -hmm. or you had gotten to that already. Yes. Yeah, I think I got to that. Was it last summer? I think it was last yeah, summer. Yeah, that was recently. Yeah, because it was like oh, last I, summer. Okay, so I remember. I remember yeah. you were at 30,000 and you were trying to see if at some point you were trying to see if you could push to get to 100,000. Well, now I'm pushing for a million. I'm, 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 as of last check, I'm at like 297,000 and some yep. change. <laughs> so I, I, I think so, you're doing, I, I think you're doing okay on YouTube. I'm doing okay on YouTube. And I think one thing that has really made um, a difference in YouTube is, it's you know, there's no formula to it, but I notice my big jumps whenever I put out something that kind of goes viral. 
Mm. And that hasn't happened a lot. There are some videos that I have over a million views, but some of those are just, it's like a slow growth, but uh -huh. there, ha there have been a few that really, you know, came out of the gate and just grew, grew, grew. Um, there's a little playhouse that I did and it's really funny, Leslie, I was not planning, a company reached out and said, Hey, we're doing this crafting for charity event and we're going to send you this little tykes plastic playhouse and we're going to, you know, you can decorate that and then we'll do a little challenge with two other bloggers. And the thing is, is I was almost going to say no, because I said, oh, I don't know if my readers are really interested in a playhouse. Most of them <laughs> don't have kids. So mm, I don't know if I'm going to, but I listened to my gut and my gut was telling me this would actually be just a really fun project. And I did it recorded, didn't even think it was the best video. I don't think I even did like an intro. I was just like, yeah, here's a playhouse I'm doing. And it's now up to 2.8 million views. And oh, that's wow. just from early this spring. So, but in terms of like that formula, you know, if someone loses their job and they're trying to like grow their channel, I would really say, look at the videos that have done well on your channel. If you have some videos, look at what has done well and try to repeat those. So maybe it's something that just has a little, something that no one's ever seen before. So on this playhouse, I actually took some cobblestones, real river stones, and glued them to the plastic playhouse and then grouted it. It looked amazing. Ooh. Nobody's ever done anything like that before. And so, you know, think of something that is not just a replica of what somebody else is doing. Think of that topic. That's something that just gives it that extra little oomph that people are going to want to watch and share and then try to replicate that over and over and over. Um, and then, you know, that's where your, that's where your subscribers come from because if YouTube notices that you are uh, getting a lot of engagement, then they will, you know, the algorithm is that they will release it to more people. And so this, this little playhouse makeover started showing up in people's feeds who were researching tiny homes. Well, this isn't really, I mean, it's a <laughs> tiny home, but it's not a real tiny home, uh -huh. but people sat and they watched. Nice. Um, and very funny. I actually, the company is going to do another crafting for charity and they reached out to me. So literally yesterday is what I was working on. I decorated another one for the holiday season. Nice. I'll have to send you the picture. It's so cute. That's pretty cool. You know, yeah, yes. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just let you know my thoughts on something. Sure. I believe that if you were to launch your own product, you will be mm -hmm. blown away by the mm. results. Whether do you it's have a, any idea what I should launch? Even even <laughs> if it's a digital product where you do a course on how to do X, Y, Z. I mean, you're, you've gotten a lot into carpentry and your audience seems to be really into that. Even a course on something like that. I know it would take some work yes. to put it together, but I think your your income would skyrocket because you have such an engaged audience and i've seen mm -hmm. like i have one client right now that's doing very well on youtube she's not doing as well as you are in terms of subscriber count mm -hmm. but she's able to make a significant amount of money because she's creating these products they are loving mm -hmm. it because it's coming directly from her as opposed right. to from another brand and so on and they are going crazy over everything that she puts out there. Mm. You would be surprised at what that could do for your business. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that you're saying this because let me, let me actually tell you where I am with that. I should have mentioned that what I would like to do is put out a um, furniture painting course. And I already have the entire outline 
of this course. That has been my goal for a while. But let me tell you what happens when you're in a space where you're popular and brands see that. What happens is that a lot of brands start knocking on your door and offering you money. And it's hard to turn that money down when it's in your face. And so that is something that I would just like to caution people about is that there will be a day when you become, you know, maybe not the best, but you're up there. You're, you're doing pretty good and brands notice and they start knocking on your door, say, Hey, we've got $4,000 for you to do a project. It's hard to turn down a $4,000. You're going to pay me $4,000 to do a project that I would do anyway. Yes, of course. (laughs) But then what happens is that all of those things that you've been wanting to do, like the furniture painting course, I actually have been um, wanting to do power tools courses as well. And those things get put on the back burner because that money that's immediate and in your face, that is what you see when you are hearing from these brands and you're like, wow, yeah, let's do this. But then you have more and more brands coming. All right. I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to challenge you right now. Yes. I'm going to challenge me. I'm going to challenge you to take a month. Ooh, I like that. Take a month where you're not going to do any brand deals. Ooh. And in, Leslie, I'm getting excited. And in that month, what I want you to do is to work on a course. And that's mm. all you're working on besides you know the stuff that you're doing for your channel. But right. Make that minimal. You can kind of coast because you're doing you're doing very well. You're doing amazingly yeah. well right now. And it's not as if you need every bit of money that these brands are throwing right. your way. And right. by taking that month and focusing on that, whatever that product is, now mm. you have something that is yours. And not only is it yours, but you can sell that thing over and over and over. And mm. by having that and then building your funnels to to promote this, mm-hmm. you would be surprised at how well it does. That's going to be my challenge for you. I am down for that challenge. Do you, okay, so let's let's back up. So you asked me at the start of the call, what are you excited about? I'm excited for that. <laughs> I am. Do you know, like, like just you telling me that, it's like, Okay, it just gives me permission. Plus, I like a challenge. So you challenging me to do that, I'm I'm down. I will. I guess should I tell you what month I'm oh, going to no, take yeah, off? Yeah, we're, we're you're, you're, this is what we're deciding right now. So which <laughs> month is that going to be? Okay, so if if I'm taking off an entire month, an entire month um, from I beginning would, you know to what? end, honestly, I would like it to be the month of January. Ooh, okay. I would like it to be the month of January. That that means that means because. Some of the work that I do with Home Depot is actually due by February 1st. That means I need to work my tail off in December Mm -hmm. to get all that done so that there's no other projects for a brand that will be due in that month. I'm going to take you up on that. I am. Yes. Listen, this is being recorded. It's being published. (laughs) Guys, I I can't go back on my word. I want you all to go to thriftdiving.com and hound her in January. If you see (laughs) on her YouTube channel, she's doing stuff that she's not supposed to be doing. Call her out on this. You have my permission to yes, hound her. <laughs> Hold me accountable. You know what? I, I'm I'm telling you, I, I really like I really like that challenge. And I think everybody needs that challenge because it's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day that everything that because what's how's it go? Everything that is in, important is not urgent. That's true. And this is important. This is something that I know that I've been this is like the next step. 
you know, for me is to have a product. Absolutely. And it's been so easy to just put that on the back burner, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on that challenge. All right. I love it. Now I'm, I'm curious, how, has email been a big part of what you're doing? Email, email <laughs> has fallen by the wayside. My, my list is growing. My uh-huh. list is growing, but I have not consistently been sending out updated emails. There are now, I think my email list might be around 23,000, okay. 24,000. Of course, not everybody opens it. Not everybody receives it. Yep. So that number is much smaller. But it's not been something that I have been as focused on. I know the importance of it. And here's what my plan is. Again, this is something that's been important but not urgent, uh-huh. is to actually draft out a 52-week autoresponder. Oh, wow. Yes, I know that's crazy. I actually had started drafting out all of the lists of emails that I would send. So I started I've started working on that. Oh, and I forgot to tell you that I that I did hire my mom. She checks my email for me. Oh, so nice. whenever I hear from from readers and stuff, she will actually respond to them. So the so I do have an autoresponder series that only goes up to about 4 emails. And then they pretty much receive nothing unless I'm sending something out manually every week, which may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an area that I would like to focus on to, I think people are engaged and here's what I do when people subscribe to my email, they get an email back that says a few things. It doesn't say welcome to thrift diving because that you can easily just delete. The title is a few things. And so I introduce them to myself and I give them five freebies. So the five freebies were just, ebooks, printables, checklists, those kind of things that they can receive. And when they, before they actually receive those in the email, it says, well, before you read these, email back to me what your biggest challenge is, what's your biggest struggle with DIY. So what happens is that some people will actually email me back and tell me what their struggle is, or they'll ask me a question. And that is where I have my mom respond to them. So what that does is not only are they becoming engaged because they're emailing me back, but my email is getting whitelisted, right? So I'm hopefully not going to end up on their spam list because they're actually responding back. And that tells, you know, the email server, Oh, this is a good email address. So for me, that's really important with engagement. The second email they get is an email that says your biggest struggle is time. And I will not everybody has a big struggle with time with DIY, but a lot of times people will say, I don't, you know, I don't know how to have enough time to DIY. Like I don't know uh, how to carve out a weekend. And so I respond to that. And then I send send them another email that has an affiliate link in it for some online crafting classes. And then I think the fourth one, I don't remember what the fourth one is, but then that's kind of where I stopped. Right. But eventually what I would like to do is to be able to send out um, more affiliate links, more links to like uh, more full blog posts, maybe popular posts. So I do know the importance of having that email list because if YouTube changes, Pinterest changes, anything changes. That's really the only thing that you own, your blog and your your email list. So, so um, we're coming to the end here, but I would, um, I would like to kind of bring this all together and ask you this question. If you were to say that um, there are three things that have been responsible, the most responsible for your growth and success as a blogger, YouTuber, and all that good stuff since leaving your job, what are you going to give those top, what are those top three things? Number one is what? Okay, number one, I would say... 
is search engine optimization. Search engine optimization. Search engine optimization. All you right. have to know how to get traffic to your blog from Google. Google's huge, and you have to write your 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 blog posts in such a way that traffic will be sent to you. Of course, you'll still share on social media, but if Google's going to send the the traffic to you, that's less work that you have to do. So put up the put up the necessary time it takes to research and plan your content before you write it so that you're including every possible answer to any question that someone is asking about that topic so that you can rank on that first page. So that would that would be a definite big one that I think you should focus on. All right. So that's um, number one. And I think that's so important. I'm, I'm right now going through a bunch of SEO training because mm -hmm. I want to get more knowledgeable about it. And even um, have you gotten into structured data and all that stuff as yet? No, you have to tell me what that is. Uh, Do you have man. a post about that? I'm, I don't have a post about it yet because I'm going through a course on it right now. And that's like mm -hmm. really how to optimize your stuff for getting featured on that. Not like the first listing of results, but the stuff that appears above all of the links to the site. So if you ask right. for the top 10 things, how do you really optimize it so that your 10 things are very likely to show up in that, that, that right. pre results section above all of the other stuff. Right. So, so right. that, that's something I, that I'm really getting content. into. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said that's something that I'm really getting into right now. Yeah. One of the things that I've done, uh, that I, I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but when I write my posts, especially ones that I know that I want to rank really well for is I try to make it very easy for people to understand step yep. one, step two bullets. Um, those are the things that Google will pull and put up there in that featured, that little featured window area. And, and that's so important. And, but, but with the structured data, there are ways that you can ex explicitly in like add certain code to your site mm -hmm. that will then make it easier for Google to categorize those little bits of content. And it's mm. quite interesting. I'm just diving into it more deeply right now, and it'll be interesting to see um, where that leads. But okay, so SEO is number one. Number two. Right. Um, number two, I would say go with your gut. Go with your mm. gut. I know that's that's hard sometimes, but the things that I think have done most well for my content, like the things that have the things that have grown is when I've gone with my gut. Not 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 to the point where I'm like, oh, I know this is going to go viral. This is going to go viral. It's the things that I was really excited about, the things that are a little different that kind of sets me apart from what everybody else is doing. Um, and sometimes when things don't feel right, I'm like, eh, this is not, this is not good. I don't need to do that. But a lot of times I, I think I've gotten to where I am is because I've gone with my gut and I've also been excited. The more excited you are about your work, and Leslie, I think that's why people love your podcast because you have an excitement <laughs> about you when you're doing your podcast that people really love. But, you know, go with your gut. If something seems right and you're excited about it, then, you know, it's usually going to perform very well. I love that. And sometimes uh, your gut is going against what the the, 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 the gurus are teaching you. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay, you, you can go, th go through my coaching club and learn all of this stuff. And you can just feel sometimes like, you know what? There's something that he teaches not to do. But I really feel that my audience is going to resonate with that. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes that is the thing that makes 
the difference because you're not just doing what everyone else is doing. You're doing what you are uniquely qualified for doing. Right. So I, I absolutely love that. Number three. And then the third one I think that has contributed to my growth, um, especially financially, is learn to be uncom- uncomfortable with asking for more. And the reason I say this is because a lot of times wait, we wait, undervalue wait. You said ourselves. learn to be uncomfortable with asking for more or comfortable? Yes. No, learn to be uncomfortable. Like not learn to be, be uncomfortable with asking for more. And what I mean by that is, especially if you are someone who's monetizing your blog with brands, getting sponsored posts and sponsored uh, YouTube videos, we don't think that a brand will pay us X number of dollars to do that. So a lot of times we will give a number that we're just, well, I think this is reasonable, Ah. but a lot of times they can do more. So get uncomfortable, be uncomfortable. It's okay. Allow yourself to be uncomfortable with asking for more because the most that they can say is no, because let me tell you, when I first started uh, my blog or even in the middle, like after I lost my job, a lot of times I was doing YouTube videos. Of course, my, my views were less, but I was doing videos for maybe $500, 600, 700. So now I'm at the point, and yes, my channel has grown, but now I'm at the point where I could say, oh, my fee is $3,500 or $4,000. And recently a brand that I'd worked with in the spring had come to me and wanted to do another project with me. And (laughs) I pushed the number up. And of course they pushed back a little. And instead of saying, okay, I re- countered their offer and was able to get another $500 out of what they were offering. So it's okay to negotiate, be uncomfortable with asking for more because remember, you're going to have to pay taxes out of that money anyway. Yep. <laughs> so your, your, your pot, what you're going to pocket is going to be much less <laughs> anyway. Um, once you pay taxes, but that is how I would say just asking for more money. And then when you notice that companies are agreeing too quickly, then step it up to the next notch. And I think I'm at the the point where I I need to step it up to the next level because now the numbers that I'm throwing out, people are saying yes too quickly. So (laughs) now I'm, now I need to kind of step it up. So be okay with being uncomfortable asking for more because then you'll start seeing your bottom line increase. I absolutely love that. Serena, uh, people want to check you out, but more importantly, they want to check you out so that they can come in in January and be like, Hey, what are you doing doing this stuff? Where can we send them? All right. There's a couple places. You can actually find me at thriftdiving.com. I'm also over on YouTube. Just search for Thrift Diving. Subscribe while you're there. And Leslie, I didn't tell you, I'm actually starting a podcast. Yes, I've done one interview so far that I have not had time to edit, but I have one interview that I have to edit, but I'm trying to launch probably January. Awesome. So be on the lookout for that. Head on over to thriftdiving.com. Serena, thank you once again for coming on here for a fifth time. You are awesome. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Yes, head on over to thriftdiving.com. You want the show notes for this episode? This is episode 372. Becomeablogger.com slash 372. And if, hey, if you want to get your blog started, you want some guidance, for free, head on over to fromidea2blog.com. Right there, you're going to go through all my training to help you go, well, you guess it, from idea to blog <laughs> and beyond. Once again, from idea to blog.com. That's pretty much it for this episode. Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. 
three 